I, you know, I just love playing every style of blues that, that there is. And, uh, I've kept me going. I'm still having fun and I'm still interested 70, 72 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. My guest on this episode is literally one of the best blues guitarists in the world, Duke Robillard. In our interview, he takes us back to the first time he heard music, as well as how he taught himself to play guitar, plus the start of many of his bands and all the way up to some of the recordings that he's working on right now, which is about six decades later. Along the way, Duke has left his mark on what's coming close to 100 albums, been nominated for a couple of Grammys, and has played with iconic musicians across many different genres, uh, which we get into as well. Uh, It truly was an honor to have Duke on the show, and I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now, and uh, make sure to follow Where the Living Room Used to Be on Facebook and Instagram, uh, because I'll be posting some old show flyers and live photos and a whole bunch more from Duke's time in music. I know you're a a lifelong Rhode Islander, um, grew up in... Burville, um, Old Harrisville, correct? Um, the village. Yes, yeah, that is right. And uh, yeah, can you just talk a little bit about uh, what that experience was like, and um, if you remember, like what your first memory of of music was? You know, what kind of part to your up? Yeah, well, actually, I do remember my first memory of music, and I I, I was a baby. Oh, really? uh, yeah, I believe I was in diapers. I remember sitting on the kitchen floor and the afternoon, I remember late afternoon because the way the sun was coming through the trees into the window. And uh, I, my mother was, you know, doing something in the kitchen. And I remember uh, uh, she was listening to big band music on the radio. And oh, this right. was probably 1948 or 49. I was born in 48, so it was, uh, you know, I, I was just a, just a baby. But um, I, I did hear it, and the sound of that music stuck in my head. And um, I think it probably had something to do with me uh, liking jazz and, and big band music later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, then... My uncle played bass in a country and western band out okay. there in uh, Burville, and uh, what, what they was have, that band? They, that was called uh, they were called the West Tones. Oh, all right. And and they uh, they were on, I think it uh, one of the Winsocket radio stations uh, every Saturday morning. They had a radio show. Wow. And so I kind of grew up hearing music a lot. And mm-hmm. and then in, in the early 50s, when I was about six or seven years old, my brother picked up guitar and uh, 
he also it was the beginning of rock and roll right then. That would be 1955, 56. And he uh, would bring home all the, the hits by the, you know, the rock and roll artists like Chuck Berry. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Little Richard, Fats Domino, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, all those type of people. So I got hooked up on that music hearing it as a little kid. And I uh, I decided when I was six years old that that's what I was going to do with my <laughs> life. I just, it, it gave me goosebumps. I got, yeah. I just went crazy over it. And I never turned back. That's just, even though I was told by my mother I couldn't do that because. She saw Elvis Presley on TV and Little Richard and said, oh, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. forbid me to have an electric guitar. So I, I actually made one with my father for a science project, kind of a sneakily disguised uh, way to, uh, to get an electric guitar. Okay. We made it with, with parts of an old acoustic guitar and some wood he had in the basement and we bought a pickup for it and I won second prize in the second place in the science fair and after that they my mother couldn't really take it away from me. I just <laughs> you know. So I I just was in a band like about a week later, you know, that was it. I taught myself to play and the rest is history as they say. Yeah. And so what were you uh, doing to teach yourself to play? Were you just uh, like listening to uh, individual songs and, and just breaking the parts down and, until you had them or playing along? Yeah, the, just do, yeah. doing, yeah, I watched my brother play and he would get together with his friends. So I'd watch the chords and, right. uh, and, and I'd see the forms he was making and I'd teach myself to play them because I wasn't allowed to play his guitar. This is before <laughs> I made my guitar. So the only way I could learn was to sneak into his room when he was at football practice or on a date or, you know, something like that. So whenever yeah. he wasn't home, I was in his room practicing, teaching myself to play. Wow. And uh, <laughs> what was the, what was the first show that you did then? Um, you know, you said that you were in a band, like, right away. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what exactly it was. It was probably a CYO dance or a block party party or something like that, you know. Yeah. What was the name of the first band that you played in? The Wildcats. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was, was that... Um, you know, similar in style to what you have been listening to, like Elvis and Fats Domino and stuff like that? Yeah, I, yeah, uh, it, but it was more instrumentals because oh, okay. I, I wasn't singing at the time, and uh, there was another guy that sang a few tunes, but mostly it was like guitar instrumentals, Dwayne Eddie and just other instrumentals that I would uh, make into guitar instrumentals and you know, the ventures and, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh -huh. And then eventually, as I got a little older, I'd throw some surf music in there because that, you know, that came just a little later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I mean, looking at your career now, um, looking back, it just seems that you have this, um, you know, thirst to 
to play music, like thirst to learn more and, you know, play more, um, you know, I'm uh, excited to kind of get into all the different styles of music that you play, but I mean, it's, you know, blues and jazz and, you know, and it's everything. So, yeah. It, it um, still has me very interested, uh, in playing and, uh, and, um, you know, I'm working on writing now for a new album and I have a new jazz album coming out, uh, probably in May or June. Yep, that's and with then, Scott Hamilton, uh, correct? Yes, that one, yeah. And, yeah, uh, seems and like then you I'm, never stop. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, he's a Rhode Island native, you know. Yeah. He's from Providence, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, where... He lives in Tuscany now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, where, you know, we've connected, you know, f for this interview to talk about your... The latest album that uh, just came out, which is uh, Blues Bash, and but you've already yeah. recorded another record and you're already working on another one. So I mean, you just never, <laughs> you never stop. Um, well, the incredible. jazz album actually was 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 basically recorded uh, uh, in November of 2017, but oh, okay. I had some tr trouble playing because I had a very bad shoulder issue. And uh, I wasn't recovered from it yet, so I finished the album up just recently, and yeah, and now it's now it's about to come up. Oh, that's excellent. But yeah, I mean, just to kind of uh, you know backtrack from where we are now, um, you know, you were playing in the Wildcats. Um, I remember doing some, or you know doing some of the research here. You uh, that your next band was the Stingers. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when was it that, you know, so you grew up in, you know, Blackstone Valley, uh, you know, Northern Rhode Island and everything like that, but then you moved down to Westerly, correct. And, um, you know, one thing that I, I wanted to, uh, touch upon, you know, especially since you were talking about building your, you know, your first guitar was that down in, in Westerly, you started working at K uh guitars down there right guild. Guild, oh, it was guild, guild i'm sorry guitars. guild guitars yeah. okay can you talk about what that experience was then or um yeah, yeah, you, it, yeah you know i was a kid and I, I and i loved guitars and i was anxious to learn more about them you know yep. so i got quite a bit of experience uh working at guild yep and uh uh when i first worked there we had a great guy uh Bill Bishop, who was the uh, very intelligent guy who was uh, really interesting. And it was fun to work for him. And, um, you know, I got to play some. Uh, they had some guitars around that were Guild Electrics. They would just make an acoustic guitars at that point when I was there. But okay. they had some electrics that I, I would try and use on shows. And it was... Uh, it was a fun experience, and I learned quite a bit about just guitar and, and how the workings. And you know, I learned a lot about repairing them and doing my own setups and things like that. You know. But yeah, like what uh, what time period was that when you were at at Guild Guitar uh, Factory? Was well, that... it was right after high school. Okay. I well, I you know, it might have been '68. I don't know. I. Uh, I had a, another job, and I guess in '67 that w was 
you know, just uh, working in a mill, you know, and mm-hmm. I hated that. So uh, when Guild moved to Westerly, then I thought, well, this is much more yeah, yeah. suited for me. Although <laughs> I, I, I was there on and off. I, I left after a while, uh, wasn't happy doing it. I wanted to get, start a band and get that going. But, uh, I, uh, I did go back for a while. So I think it's 68, 69. I think it was, I, I, I you know, I worked there on and off. Okay. And so that's also the time that, uh, room full of blues started right around like, uh, in that yes. Yeah. 67. Yeah. Oh, okay. And how did that um, come about and it, with the, the original lineup? And um... Well, the original lineup was totally different than even the lineup in 1971 where we had oh, the okay. three saxophones. Uh, it was, you know, Al Copley was there, um, but um, it was um, Larry Faduzzi on bass was his name, uh Brian Christina was on drums for uh, some of the time and a few other people. And, uh, and that was before we had horns and uh, okay. Tony, Tony Lamb was a singer and he played harp, but we also had another harp player, Fred Jackson. And, you know, it's not like we had a tremendous amount of work. So sometimes certain guys couldn't make it if we would, but the, the base of the band, myself and Al Copley and Fran Christina and Larry Paduzzi, we, we were always there. Yeah. And what were the places that you were playing back, uh, back when you first started? Oh, you know, co- a lot of coffee houses. Really? Okay. Um, and then, you know, down at clubs, down at Musquamacate Beach, we would play, um, really not, uh, liquor places yet okay then because that's... we were young and uh <laughs> and there were a lot of coffee houses that was a very popular thing so yeah kind of get started in that kind of circuit yeah and i mean how would you describe the music uh when you first started like or was it uh, it was just total blues just yeah total okay. produ- but it was more based on chicago kind of blues rather mm-hmm. than like the forties R and B that we played later once we added the three horns. Yeah. Um, at some point, two of the sax players, Greg Piccolo and Rich Latai came in. And, uh, so it was, you know, the four piece band. And then I started, I took over singing at one point because mm-hmm. Tony Lamb went in the, uh, army. So, uh, I, I took over as the singer and then we added the two saxophones and, and, you know, we, there were little breaks between where we would break up because something would happen. Somebody would leave or, and then we would come back together and I'd do something else. I had a band called black cat with Johnny Nicholas. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. And in between there. Uh, and then, uh, I also played with the Tombstone Blues Band starting in 69. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when we came back together after that is when, the, you know, about 1970, 71, that's when the, you know, the band that stayed together for a long time with the three saxophones uh, started. 
Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, as, as you're, you know, getting started, what was, what was the first recording, uh, that you did? Um, I mean, was it, we did a, we, we did a single that we put out, uh, ourselves on our own little label called yeah. room tone. And, uh, it was, a a song of mine on one side, don't you want to roll with me? And then on the flip side, it was Louis Armstrong's I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it, the single did pretty well. It managed to make its way out to California. and People started hearing about us all over the country for some yeah. reason. And uh, so that was good. And But we didn't record for several more years uh, till 77. Uh, and then the first album was released in 78. And uh, that was uh, after Doc Thomas heard us play in yeah. New York. And we became good friends. And uh, and he got Joel Dorn interested in recording us and getting us a, a deal. Night. You don't have to worry because I know it ain't right But baby, that's my life Baby, that's my life Baby, that's my life Let me live it like I please You say that I shouldn't drink and gamble Because it only brings on the scandal But baby, that's my life yeah, I mean, so what were you doing? In, were you guys just uh, playing a lot? Uh, and, and just We were playing a real lot. At that point, yeah. from, from the, you know, from like 72 or 3 on, we we really built up a good following and we traveled to we always played in Boston. We played a lot in Rochester, New York and Buffalo and Albany and Schenectady okay. and and then up to Toronto. Yeah. And then we would travel south, uh New York and then New Jersey and we would we'd play in Pennsylvania and down as far as uh D C. We played a lot in Washington D C. We were very popular in that area. Okay. And uh, so the, we just kept going further each time, you know, and finally we made it down to New Orleans and nice. played the the uh, Heritage, New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. And then from there, we went over to Texas. I went with the room full over to Texas on their, their very first trip there. And, yeah. Uh, and then... By that time, about late 79, uh, October of 79, I, I decided to leave. Okay. Yeah, and then that's when um, you started the Duke Robillard Band, right, which was a trio? Yes, I, yeah. I started that after playing a short while with um, 
Robert Gordon, the rockabilly singer. Oh, okay. Uh, I was with him for a little while, but then he didn't work much, and I got very frustrated because I was used to working <laughs> yeah, five yeah. to seven nights a week. So I started my trio, and and I also did a recording, a couple of recordings, and toured with the legendary Boots Band, which was Muddy Waters' uh, backup band, and yep. they had left Muddy and started a band and wanted me to be in it, and so I did wow. a tour to check it out and re- did some recording with him. And, uh, but I, I was pretty much decided on doing my own music and having my own career. So that's when the Duke Robillard band came in and there were two or three different versions of that before, uh, it turned into Duke Robillard and the pleasure things. Mm-hmm. And that's with, uh, that, lineup was with uh tommy DeQuatro, right and tom enright yeah we were pretty, that's right you know legendary yeah. as well here in rhode island yes um, absolutely uh yeah can you talk a little bit more about that that project and um well when uh about a year after we were playing together uh rounder records uh, scott billington was mm-hmm. rounder uh decided he wanted to do an album and produced an album with me and the Pleasure Kings for uh, for Rounder. So uh, that's where we made our first yeah. album. Then. And I went on to do quite a few albums. I think about either four or five for Rounder. Okay. And uh, two of them with the Pleasure Kings. And then uh, one of them with Scott Hamilton, actually, Swing. In yeah, okay. 1986, which was very, a very, very well received record, it sold mm-hmm. very well, and uh, so yeah, that that happened, and uh, and then I did one more with uh, another version of the Duke Robillard band before uh, going on to uh, uh, join the Thunderbirds. Oh yeah, fabulous Thunderbirds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, how you how long were you in that that band for? Uh, two and a half years. Okay, so I mean, and we yeah, were you... all old friends, you know, uh, the Thunderbirds. Uh, we, I met them in Roomful, and we did a lot of shows together. We were we were all good buddies. And in fact, the drummer and the bass player were uh, formerly of Roomful of Blues. So, oh right. Uh, right. So it was a kind of a really natural step for me when Jimmy left. Yeah. Well, I guess I just wanted to kind of bring up, you know, it, it's uh, the, you just mentioned the the album with Scott Hamilton and um, which was, uh, you know, a more like swing jazz album. Like what was like sort of the spark of the inspiration to, to do an album of that, you know, uh, to, to well, I, you know, I had always, I had always had that in my playing in Roomful, that, yeah, that okay. swing style, and and you know, I that was kind of my favorite music, really, kind of swing yep. and blues, and and uh, you know, riff jazz, and so you know, I've been playing it all along, yeah, okay. and uh, so it was kind of you know just, but to do it with Scott and his band. Uh, it was more authentic jazz, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what they were known for. So it it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was good for me. It was a learning experience, and it also 
sold quite well and was mm-hmm. really popular. I mean, so after the Thunderbirds, uh, that was when you started doing, uh, was it back to the Duke Robillard band, correct? And um, Yes, it was. And then I, I had uh, started working on an album and actually had, uh, uh, well, I, I, had, I had done a, a blues album called Duke's Blues for Stony okay. Plain, but it, it was, I was just doing that. Uh, I didn't really have a, uh, I wasn't signed to Stony Plain at that time. And uh, I got an offer to go with a Virgin's Point Blank label Mm -hmm. and do, uh, and I was writing a lot of kind of blues rock material. So, um, because I had just come out of Thunderbirds, you know, I decided I would capitalize on that kind of sound. and, And I, recorded an album for them and um i continued to do i guess i did two albums uh uh for for virgin point blank uh, okay. as the duke robillard band you know and uh and then then you know they didn't really reach uh the peaks that major labels want so i get dropped from that label and uh, and then went to uh, went back to Stony Plain because I had it, you know my Duke's Blues album was very popular and uh-huh. I've been with Stony Stony Plain ever since I don't know how many years it is now uh, but since I guess from about uh, 1991 I guess so okay yeah I mean that's that's great it's great that you found a home um, with that label um, you now it seems that they uh, treat you well, um, which is kind of just what, uh, you know, any musician could ask for, you know? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, just the ability to kind of do what you're doing, especially for someone like you that, um, you know, uh, what I've gathered just, you know, wants to do different things stylistically and uh, continue to push, um, or even just do something that you know, is, is kind of dear to you. Um, which, you know, I'll bring up the, the latest album, Blues Bash. Um, you know, I, I yeah. that, you know, a lot of the inspiration for this was like, you just wanted to write, uh, I mean, I guess you can put it in your words, but more of just that classic kind of blues album and, you know, do it with some friends. You brought back some, uh, or you connected, reconnected with some of the uh, early, the room, full, guys. 
Yeah. yeah. So, um, can you talk a little bit more about, uh, Blues Bash and, um, you know, uh, just, well, it was, we, we did it just before COVID, uh, hit. In fact, it was hitting, okay. uh, as we, as we did it. And I, you know, I was due to start thinking about another album, but I realized that if I didn't do it right away, that I wouldn't be able to do one. Uh, you know, I wouldn't get into the studio. So, so what I did is, uh, I just picked a bunch of tunes that I love that were kind of, you know, uh, not well-known songs and mm-hmm. get some of my, my band plus the horns and then a few friends to sit in and, and, and sing on it. So, uh, we just, you know, went in and just cut the tunes live and, uh, that was basically it, you know. Um, wow, yeah. We just did it in two days and, and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. And then, you know, so it's mostly live, you know. And, uh, you know, just a real, just a real uh, traditional style blues mm-hmm. album, you know. So that's what I wanted to achieve with it. Just make it a real good listening and dancing uh fun blues album and and uh, i guess it has been a success because people have, have been really loving it since, yeah uh, it is i mean I, came I, was, out. I was getting ready for the interview today and i was listening to it and i was dancing with my kids we had a great time so it's a it's a fantastic right. record um yeah uh but it you know you just kind of mentioned it like uh, about doing it live and like um how was the the writing process for you? I mean, you can talk specifically about this record or um, even over well, your this, career. Does it vary a lot? Record, it... The tunes that I did, I did that are mine on this record. They were songs that I've written, you know, I had written quite a long time ago, you know? Okay. So uh, now I'm getting, I'm preparing to, to make a do record. And, uh, um, I'm writing, material now you know and it comes in different ways sometimes it's a musical idea uh sometimes it's a lyric or a theme um it there's no uh particular way that i write but i'm usually i i usually write uh when i'm due to record soon and i guess i just I procrastinate until, <laughs> you know, a little while before the record comes up and then I, I write a lot, you know, yeah. and uh, that usually works for me to be under the gun, you know, uh, at least these days that's, you know, it's been that way for a long time for me. Okay. And how much is, um, uh, is written or how much is improvised with, with your playing or even just your other, uh, band members? Like, how is it, well, it's, fleshed you know, out, or do you like to have that, you know, uh, that it's that not like if it's a rock and roll song that it's pretty well regimented. Yeah. If it's got kind of a roots or R and B thing, but if it's an actual really traditional blues, then it's much looser and everybody just listens, uh, to each other and listens to where I'm leading it and yeah. follow me, you know, and, uh, you know, that's the way I prefer it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. With recording blues, I don't like it to be planned out too well, too much in advance. I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, I 
I prefer to it to be fresh and capture. Usually, it's one or two takes, you know. Wow. And uh, and you know, sometimes I have to work more on the vocals. But as far as the the, the instruments and recording of the music, it's usually you know just a couple takes, unless the song is more complex and it takes more time to get the arrangement. But yeah, I got you. The yeah, real thing. spirit usually comes out in in first couple takes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Before you can overthink it or whatever, you know, like just have That's that like, it. feeling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Them tell you that it's raining. The sun will be shining bright. Them tell you that it's dark. that i'm uh curious about as uh, i'm a musician as well you know but how long did it take for you to find like your guitar sound or like do you feel like you have that sound or like you know what made it coalesce over all these years you know like are there things that you feel more comfortable with or, or particular well, gear, um or you know things that have your signature you know here, i play a lot of different instruments and i always have switched guitars often but People always tell me that I sound the same. I sound like me on <laughs> whatever instrument I'm playing. Yeah. So obviously, it means a bit more to me than it does uh, people listening to it. But, you know, I spent my whole life learning to mimic or be able to play in the style of all the blues masters. So, yeah. um you know, I can call up a style of anyone, but I do have my own thing. And, you know, when I, my, my own style is very melodic style of playing blues and, uh, you know, it's got a swing element to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I just love playing every style of blues that, that there is. And, uh, and that's, uh, many, many different kinds. I've studied many styles of, of blues since I was, you know, a young kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it's never bored me. It always <laughs> there's always something new to yep. learn, a new way to do it. And, you know, 
yeah. It's kept me going. I'm still having fun and I'm still interested 70, 72 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that your answer sounds right, you know, because I have that same kind of uh, feeling, that, you know, that you have this, um, you've been able to, to have this sound that's, you know, recognizable. But uh, um, people tell me when they hear me on a record of someone else's that they can identify me immediately. <laughs> they say yeah. that that can't be anybody but Duke Roblar, which is <laughs> really my favorite compliment, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So, I mean, with this new record, uh, this was recorded at Lake West Recording. Um, that's in West Greenwich, correct, I think? Or it's, I yes. remember exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, can you talk about uh, recording there? And is that where you usually record, or do you move to different spots? Um, I, I usually uh, record in, you know, I've recorded in other studios uh, in, you know, around Rhode Island, but that's between Lake West and then I have a studio myself in my in my basement of my mm-hmm. house. It's you know a real studio with booths and and everything. And uh, I don't I don't record the whole band and much anymore. But actually, my two I have two albums that were Grammy nominated that uh, I recorded in my home studio. Wow. So um, you know I either do it here or I do it at Lake West. For the most part, yeah. What what draws occasionally you I do the month. Uh, well, Jack Gopier, who's the owner of Lake West, um, he was a guitar student of mine in the in the eighties, okay. and uh, and he also worked as a assistant to an engineer, and then he he kind of outgrew that and wanted his own studio and the the building uh with the setup all set up like a studio was available and so he uh opened lake west and uh i was his first actual you know person to record there and uh so we've been we've had a relationship since he's been open which is now 32 years so we, I've done his wall is full of my album covers, you know, because I've done a, a lot of my albums there. Yeah, you've also just done a lot of albums. I've, uh, I do have to say, like, so with uh, the interviews I do, I typically go and I try to listen to um, a lot of music. People's, I try to listen to their discography before I do the interview to to get a feel of stuff, and um, I did that the best I could with you, but I know that I scratched the surface because you've got, I mean, I don't know, dozens and dozens of album credits you put out, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, I've done like 30 records, or, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, I, yeah, I've got 32 or 33 or something like that of my own. And then yeah. probably another 50 with other people that I've, I've, you know, produced or played on or guested on, you know. That's incredible. So yeah. The, the, this a lot yeah um but you just uh mentioned jack as a student of yours uh you uh have done some guitar teaching um i know you've like recorded some instructional videos and you continue to still do it online today can you talk a little bit more about your teaching and how they can um, connect with you on that um well yeah i've been teaching 
I've been teaching on uh, Sonic Junction. I guess you just go to sonicjunction.com if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you can get two free lessons to, you know, determine whether it's right for you or not. And uh, they have a lot of different people teaching on there. They have harmonica players, uh, great harmonica players that teach. And Corey Harris teaches uh, um, uh, acoustic blues guitar and there's a bluegrass guy and so there's a lot of different people but i've been doing about seven years and i i you know i just teach all the different styles that i play with uh-huh. several different styles of blues some swing i teach some standards i teach yeah some roots rock and roll stuff um you know just i basically touch on everything that i do and you know, give my theory on why I play the way I do and what uh, all the elements are that made up uh, my playing and other artists because I've I've been known for being able to play in the style of many other people over the years. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I teach how to play in, you know, very many different uh, artist styles. Yeah. Also. That's... that's- Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'd recommend anyone that's is interested to go check that out. And why not learn from literally one of the, yeah, best. I have a, I have a giant catalog of, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 songs that I teach. And once you're taking lessons there, you can go to any of the lessons that pick any of the songs you want to learn yep. and just go to those, you know, so, or you could just follow it you know, weekly and monthly, because it's a new song every month. Oh, okay. Excellent. And yeah, I mean, with regard to all of these other credits, you know, besides, uh, you know, your uh, your albums that, that you've written, I mean, you've uh, been a sideman for some uh, incredible people, uh, you know, Big Joe Turner, um, uh, Bob Dylan, Tom Waits, um, you know, can you, uh, I guess, just talk about uh, some of that experience of, of, of being uh, brought on for uh, certain projects? And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the list is long, but if there's, you know, a, a memorable one that kind of stands out or, or one that, that really meant the most to you of, of you know, coming on and, and, you know, accompanying someone else? Well, some of my favorite experiences are uh, working with Jay McShann, the Kansas City jazz and blues pianist. Who, okay. He was a guy that discovered Charlie Parker. And yeah. um, and I had a real nice relationship with him. He's gone now, but we, uh, we made several records together. And just with somebody like that, who's such a big piece of history, uh, it was just, you know, an amazing experience. Um, and I produced it. So, you know, he looked to me for advice. So just, mm-hmm. it was like just mind boggling to be in the studio with Jay McShann and him yeah. asking me, how is that? Dude? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. Of, kind of a mind blowing experience, you know?
think people like Dylan, I was on Dylan's Time Out of Mind album that was, you know, considered his modern masterpiece, you know. And uh, that was really a, a, a cool experience. It was cool and weird at the same time because the Daniel Lenoir, who was the producer, didn't really want me on the album. And Dylan did, and he called me in and flew me down there to be on it. So, <laughs> wow! You know, I, all all the while I was getting, you know, Lenoir wanted me to sit out, and he wanted to go. So I was kind of taking his place as a guitar player. So Lenoir would tell me to sit out, and they'd start working on the song, and then Dylan would would throw him out and tell him to get me back in so it was like that for nine days like just about every song you know so it was really funny it was you know it i didn't let it bother me too much because i knew dylan wanted me there and i was i was sitting very close to him yeah he, he seated me the closest person to him you know to follow him. And so I figured, but he really wants me here. So I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. be too worried he's, about what he's the one with the name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> uh, that can be a confusing experience, you know, just, uh, <laughs> being kind of thrown into that. And, uh, it, it was strange, but you know, but it was still a great experience to, to, to work on that record with all those incredible players on there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess just even on my my own uh, personal intrigue, uh, how was it working with with Tom Waits? He's uh, such a oh, Tom was great person. to work with. Yeah. yeah, he really is, and he he's a great guy. And I just really really loved working with him. Uh, I didn't work in the studio with him. We just uh, I toured as his guitarist. Yeah, I spent about a week. Uh, rehearsing with the band that he put together for that tour and um i really enjoyed it like it, it, nothing was more fun than that you know yeah. it was just great you know i wish i had been a little stranger i think uh i think he had hoped that i would be a little more uh odd in my playing you know but uh, but it worked out well, and and we had great shows and got along really well, and uh, it was a very special experience. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it seems uh, that you know his music can span so much. Uh, you know, having someone like you that can play so many different styles of music, you must have been uh, you know a great asset. There's probably not a whole lot of people that can do what you do as well as you do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, but it was a challenge playing his music, you know, because <laughs> he he's all over, all, all over the place stylistically, and yeah, and uh, there's some very odd things, some of the tunes, and and it took a lot of work. Really, took a lot of practice to 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 uh, to be able to play that material right, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's even yeah why why I came to mind. It just it, it seems like it can be challenging, and it's just really pushed the envelope in, in so many ways. So, um, well, yeah, it sounds like a, an incredible experience. Or uh, that's great. I mean, and you know, I, I guess just talking about your um, 
some of your accolades, you know, uh, not only are you just like the sought after guitarist, but, um, you've been nominated dozens of times for, uh, best blues guitarist, uh, and won it God, several I times. I, it's, it's been over 20 times. I've over 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've won the, the best blues guitar four times. Yeah. And, uh, I've won a few years back, uh, my acoustic album was acoustic album of the year. And I've also yeah. got a keeping the blues alive award for, uh, producer of the year. Uh, wow. Back ways. So, um, yeah, I've <laughs> done pretty well with that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned it earlier, uh, been nominated multiple times for, for Grammys. Um, you've been inducted, a couple of times into the Rhode Island Music Hall of Fame, you know, both for your solo work, um, but also as a member of Roomful of Blues. Um, so, yeah, yeah. you know, just the, uh, the amount of accolades that you've had, and even just kind of the span, you know, of what you've done here in Rhode Island, um, but also to, you know, the, the national and international audience of uh, blues music fans and, and everything in between, you know, so... Well, it's been it's been a fun time. I've been <laughs> able to see the world and play for people all over the world. Which, uh, when I was a little kid, I remember in eighth grade, I had to write a paper of, you know, what I wanted to be, you know, what I wanted my occupation to be, uh, and I I wrote a paper on being a professional guitarist, you know, and yeah. uh, and you know, but I never thought when I was a kid. I never really thought about traveling. No. Uh, never thought about leaving Rhode Island, really. And here I, you know, I've been all over the world over and over and over. And and uh, <laughs> it took me getting used to, I, I wasn't really too into touring, actually. No. It took me some, when you start going places, you become known and people, waiting for you to arrive and really want to hear you play. That makes you want to do it. You know, Yeah. it really, that, that made me love being on the road where when I was younger, I, I didn't think I'd ever want to be on the road, but, but it turned out I really have enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I guess with that as well, you know, kind of brings to mind, like uh, locally in Rhode Island, uh, do you have, any memorable shows that you'd like to talk about or are there uh, typical spots that you've uh, kind of gone back to or call home here in Rhode Island for, um, I guess, even well, you know, projects, it's, but. most of the clubs that I have played in Rhode Island don't exist anymore. <laughs> and many yeah. of them haven't for decades, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, what were some of those that you were playing over the years then just to even, uh, well, Lupo's, you know, yep. the last call saloon, Lupo's, um, uh, the Met, uh, the, uh, oh, geez, I can't remember all of them, you know, okay. there's, there's a lot, but those was in chance I've been playing in, in Woonsocket for, the years for at least three decades probably but yeah um and i still play there uh yeah. and i i enjoy it i love playing chance yeah john chan is a is a it's a cool guy um it's it's uh, it's got a very yeah, interesting he's, spot you know he's really supported blues yeah. and uh and uh and jazz in rhode island an awful lot 
yeah. Uh, egg rolls and jazz and egg rolls. He supported egg rolls, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and egg rolls, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, then I just have one uh, more question for you, Duke. Um, uh, you know, with everything that, that you've done, you know, from the, you know, it seems like it's approaching, you know, 100 albums that you've been a part of and people that you played with, the styles of music, that you know, things that you've uh, accomplished. But, um is there something that that you would say is is your greatest music accomplishment there's there's been so many highlights you know um over the years it's 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 hard to just pick one yeah you know? well, so, and you don't have but, to you know some of yeah. some of my recordings the recordings i made with herb ellis yeah. uh, uh were were they're still very very special to me uh, the ones I did with Jay McShan uh, and Jimmy Witherspoon mean a real lot to me. But uh, you know, they all did. I've I've made recordings with several several of my idols and got to play with several of my idols. And mm-hmm. playing with Money Waters, I got to play with him several times. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest, greatest experiences for me. You know, but uh, there's been so many highlights. You know, uh, it's hard to just think of one yeah yeah you know it's the top you know yeah but what is it that you know uh playing with with herb ellis and, and some of these other people like what's um what is that 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 you know well so uh, he's music? you know a jazz guitarist that you know is world famous he's played yeah. uh on every uh he's played you know with coleman hawkins billy holiday every major uh, swing and jazz musician of the thirties, mm-hmm. forties, and fifties, you know, and so like it, I was very nervous to play with him, and we got along great, and he loved my playing, and I, you know, it was a real big. It made me believe that I sort of knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it gave me gave me confidence. You know. Well, that's awesome. Uh, well, Duke, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, a real pleasure to get to talk about your amazing career, and, and I appreciate your time. Well, thank you. It's been a, it's been nice talking to you. Yeah.